Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from an inmate at Barry County Jail. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, say accept. Uh, accepts. Hello. Hi. Uh, hi. Who is this? My name's Walton. I'm a family friend of the Russins. Think I've got something you might want to hear. Um, this Mr. Eaton, right? Corbin? You've been investigating them and whatnot. Yeah, uh, that's me. How did you get my number? Huh, ain't too hard to do so in Barry County. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Not now. There'll be time enough for talking when you come visit tomorrow. Tomorrow? I've got... Uh, sure. Why not? What time? 10 a.m. If you can fix to bring a bag of corn nuts, too, I'll be mighty glad. Uh, corn nuts? Alright. Uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow. I look forward to hearing what you have to say. Sounds good. Oh, uh, how do you know Leo and Norma? I used to be Norma's dealer. See you then. I'm Corbin Eaton, and this is A Pretty Good Story. Oddly enough, that wasn't the only call I received from the police department that day. After PB delivered the tape of Ennis's voicemail, the Barry County Police arrested Leo on suspicion of his murder. Part of me felt bad helping the man who hired me get arrested, but another part of me felt worse having his nephew be the one to turn him in. Now, aside from the tape, there was no firm evidence that proved Leo's guilt, but the same could be said about his innocence. That night, Norma did a lot of praying. She believed that God and the justice system would eventually find Leo's innocent. PB, on the other hand, was convinced his uncle was a murderer. As we sat in the guest house, PB paced around the room telling himself more and more reasons why Leo would have done this. It was almost as if he was doing this to make himself feel better. Meanwhile, I just wanted out. Out of this job, out of this town, and out of this mess. But then, I got that call from Walton Tucker, and I had yet another reason to stay. But before I could see him, I was going to have to buy some corn nuts. Hi, are you Walton? That's what they call me. Nice to meet you. Um, here, I I didn't know which flavor you wanted, so I just got them all. Thank you kindly. So, Walton, you had mentioned yesterday that you had some information I'd want to hear? I believe Norma did it. It did? You think she killed Ennis? That's right. Why would you think that? Before I was in here, I used to drive trucks. Always lived in Purdy, but there's a lot of work up in Kansas City if you can find it. I do a lot of driving out of there, but home's always been purdy. Every time I come home, I catch up with folk. I've gained a reputation as a dealer around home. What'd you deal? Uh, meth? I got all my teeth, don't I? Nah. I stayed away from that shit. You ever heard of West Coast Turnaround? Aside from a Jim Croce song, no I haven't. Fuck. I forgot about that kind of music. Don't make noise like that anymore. True. Okay, uh, what is it? Suppose you gotta drive from New York all the way to Los Angeles. That's a long drive. Sure as shit it is. You pop a few WC turnarounds and you're able to keep your eyes wide open the entire time back over. 
Oh, like, uh, de-amphetamine. That's exactly what it is. Damn. Ah, uh, uh, my dad works in pharmaceuticals. So did I, but somehow I ended up on the other side of the table, huh? Is that how you got here? Nah, I ran over a guy in Oklahoma City. Oh? Anyways, I'm selling West Coast turnarounds to a few friends, but then it starts getting a little bigger and bigger. Eventually, I met Norma B, and she started buying from me. Norma was using? Hell yes. You seen how much shit that lady does? I swear she's the only one who actually uses it for what it's intended. Most people like to conk out and get fuzzy, but not Norma B. She's a different kind of woman. But what makes you believe she killed Ennis? Because I don't talk with her about it. Loads of time. What? I wasn't just a dealer. I was her friend, damn it. We'd shoot shit. Once she had a few drinks in her, she'd always tell me the same thing. And what would that be? She'd talk about her master plan. She knew Leah was fucking his employee. She reckoned she could burn down PGA, and then once the insurance money started rolling in, she'd divorce his sorry sack. Said she used the affair against him. Everyone would side with her, and she'd end up with the most of it. That's what she'd always tell me. She was going to get all that just by burning it down. I still don't see how Ennis has anything to do with this, though. I mean, he was already pissed at Leo because he got fired. Then why do you have a shit ton of Roman candles in his truck and all over? From what I've been hearing, he was fixing to burn down that place. And I bet my white-ass Norma B gave him a little encouragement. Where are you getting this information? I'm in fucking jail! It ain't too hard to hear things from other cops. Small town like Purdy, everyone knows soon enough. I guess you got a point. I just... I was there at the crime scene and I didn't see anything to suggest arson. Maybe you weren't looking hard enough. Maybe Walton was right. Maybe I'd overlooked some things. There was only one way to find out. It was a quarter past eleven when I pulled into PGA. The sun was out. I had only really looked at the crime scene during the middle of the night. Now, with the sun as my personal flashlight, I was sure to find something. And I did. While roaming the parking lot aimlessly, I noticed the rusted fender of Ennis's pickup. It was parked between a Bob Evans and a TurboTax. Surely they couldn't have missed it, but they did. And that fact became even more apparent when I lifted up the cover of his truck bed and found a box full of firecrackers, M80s, and Roman candles. Berry County Police Department, how may I help you? Hi, uh, can I speak to Sheriff please? Oh, I'm sorry. He's in a meeting. Can I take a message? This is actually a bit of an emergency. If it's an emergency, then please give me your address and... It's regarding yesterday's homicide. I'll transfer you. Just a moment. This is Sheriff Davis. What is it? What was Ennis' cause of death? Who is this? This is Corbin Eaton. We met yesterday at the crime scene. I was just wondering if the cause of death has been determined yet. Listen, son, this is law enforcement business. You need to stay out. Well, I found something you may want to take a look at. And what's that? His truck. He doesn't own a vehicle. He may not own it, but he certainly drove this one, Sheriff. All right. What makes this so interesting, then? There's a crate full of fireworks in the back. Shit. Does that mean anything? Thank you for your help. Moving forward, please stay out of this. Clear? But what's going on? Son? How did Ennis die? <sighs> Burns. It appears he burned to death. We found traces of gunpowder. In my defense, I had already lied this much. I figured one more lie to law enforcement wouldn't make much of a difference in my moral standing at this point. So in case you're wondering, no, I did not keep my nose out of it. I was already in too deep. 
Plus, if I wanted out, I'd have to get my bags from Leo's house, where Norma would presumably be waiting for me. But she wasn't. Instead, I found PB collapsed on the floor, in tears. He was blaming himself for the death of Ennis, and was now hysterical. I'm not even going to attempt to translate what he was trying to say. Rather, I'll just let it play out for you now. (sighs) Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Peter, it's oh, not your fault. Shit. Everything is going to be all right. No, no, no. See, Corb, you didn't... I didn't... Ah, God damn it. I'm the fucking pissant. Shit, it's my bad. I didn't... I'm, so, I'm sorry about all this. I, I need to fix this or something. Whoa, let's just sit down. You didn't do anything wrong. Well... Did you do something wrong? I didn't know at the time. Nobody tells me anything. How could I have known it'd be this mess? What are you talking about, Peter? You gotta know. I didn't want no one hurt, all right? Peter, what did you do? It was an accident. I wasn't thinking. Okay, okay. Just tell me what happened. Promise you won't get mad? I promise. Well, see... Uncle Leo and Aunt Norma were in Branson for the weekend, and... And I was picking up some hours at PGA, just mopping and whatnot, and, and Ennis was working the register like he always did, but he had to step outside for a bit, so he gave me the keys to the register and told me to just sit, and if anybody came up buying anything, I should go get him. Okay. Well, nobody really come up, but Ennis was talking a while, and then this one guy comes up, and he starts asking me about the store, and now, I was raised here, but that don't mean I know everything about it. So I'm trying to answer this all to the best that I can. And then he points up on the shelf and asks about the eye, the Sammy Davis Jr. one. Uh-huh. He wanted to buy it. I didn't think anything of it, because, hell, I didn't even know what it was. Nobody tells me shit. And I tried to wait for Ennis to come back inside, but I could see out the window he was getting in some sort of argument with a feller outside. I guess he was selling shine, and the guy got pissed or something. So I couldn't call him. And I never made a sale before at the store, so I figured Leo would be proud of me. So I did it. You did it? I sold it. I forgot all about it till I done heard the radio ad Leo put out. I've been feeling sick ever since. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Peter, trust me. It's okay. That's not really important right now. I need to tell you about your aunt. Aunt Norma? Yes, honey? I froze in my tracks the same way I did when PB shot outside the store. But for some reason... This time was different. This time was real. What's the matter, Corbin? You look like a mule just kicked you where the sun don't shine. Me? No, I'm fine. All good. If you couldn't tell by now, I'd be horrible at poker. You look like you could use yourself a cool glass of something. I just fixed up some lemonade. How's that sound, sugar? That sounds... uh, That sounds lovely. Great. You can come and talk with me in the garden while you drink. It's such a nice day outside, all things considered. Okay. Uh, Peter, do you want to join? PB, baby. Why don't you stay here and clean up? This guest house is looking like a pigsty. Come on, Corbin. I watched as Norma poured my glass of lemonade. I know that sounds paranoid, but I had no idea what she was capable of. Seeing there was no antifreeze added to the mix, I drank it. And I hate to say it, but it might have just been the best glass of lemonade I've ever had. She barely said a word until we reached their backyard garden, a sprawling testament to nature with hedges and rose-covered walls. It'd be a beautiful place to die, I thought once again to myself. You know, I used to date the quarterback in high school. I was a pretty popular girl back then. I didn't say a word. I just nodded, waiting to drop the bomb that I knew her secret. 
I remember we used to talk about our big plans after high school, getting a house, having kids. We were going to leave Purdy, move to St. Louis. He wanted to become a broker, working with all those Wall Street men. You know what he is now? I'm guessing he isn't a broker. <laughs> that's right. He's a prison guard. Oh, that's interesting. Works at the local one, too. I swear he's still smitten for me. He'll call me up every now and then, just to check in, see how I'm doing. Tell me if anyone's asking inmates about me. I... You find out what you wanted? Well, sure you did. If you were talking to Walton, I bet he told you loads. He told me some things. That's so. I'm surprised. You never did seem like the snooping type. Oh? What type did I seem like then? (sighs) Like you knew what was good for you. And what's that? I think you should pack your things and head home. I agree, but I'd like to say something first. Now- I've been listening to everyone during my entire stay here, and I finally have something to say. Before you go pointing fingers, I didn't expect it to turn out this way. But you did expect something. Yes, I did. You think all that stuff about Leo and Rita and keeping it quiet was heartfelt? You try to stick around for that. Be stuck in a marriage like this. And simply divorcing him would be too easy, huh? No, you wanted to make sure you'd be compensated properly, right? The warehouse would burn down and the insurance money would start rolling in. That's what you were waiting for. I don't have anything to say. You don't have to. Just let me know if I'm warm. So, you start scheming. You're going to burn it down. But you're scared. You don't want to get caught. A town like this, everyone is bound to find out your secrets. But, soon enough... An opportunity presents itself where you won't have to get your hands dirty. Ennis gets fired, and he isn't too happy. So I'm guessing he comes by the house pissed and ready to let Leo have it. But Leo isn't home. No, he's with Rita. So a pissed off Ennis finds a pissed off you, and you think to yourself, Well, here he is. My scapegoat. So you tell Ennis your master plan. You figure, he's too drunk to remember. If he doesn't seem on board, then there's no pain. I'm gonna guess that he refuses. Or... Better yet, he says he's going to think about it. He goes off to the Ozarks, and you start gathering fireworks. We both know what happens after that. So tell me, how'd I do? You reckon yourself pretty clever. Your husband did say I'm as smart as a mouse. Whatever that means. Yeah, you're so smart. Except you didn't think about one little thing. And that is? Your word against mine. There ain't no evidence that points me to Ennis's death. It's all hearsay. I adjusted the microphone lower into my pocket, praying to God that she wouldn't notice the bulge in my pants. Nobody except you is going to know what I did. So you feel good? I was going to burn it down. I had it all planned out, but I didn't need to thanks to dear old Dennis. I even put an extra kick in those fireworks for him. Some extra gunpowder. I didn't think he'd go and get himself killed, but I'll be damned if I'd get caught for that. So, there ain't nothing you can do, sugar. And you should probably get going. I smiled and accepted defeat. You're right. Well done, Norma. You really got me this time. The first thing I did when I returned to the guest house was back up the recording. And then I played it for PB. We have to go to the police. But, why would... that? What's going on here? I'm not going to play it for you again, Peter. We don't have time. I need to get this to the cops. Can you drive? Um, yeah, I'm sorry, but that woman raised me practically. How the hell could she do something like this? 
I wish I had better answers for Peter. I had seen the look in his eyes before. It was the same look that Deer had when my cousin shot it. He drove me to the police station and I raced into the office, although I can't say I was welcomed with open arms. They frisked me twice to ensure that I had no recording devices. After I had given the file of Norma's confession to the police, it seemed everyone was worried I had been secretly recording them too. Once he heard the file, it didn't take long for the sheriff to issue a warrant for Norma Bailey's arrest. By dinner time, she was in custody. Peter and I stayed at the station until they finally released Leo. He was happy to see us, and, in an odd way, even happier about the Norma situation resolving itself. Now a free man in more ways than one, Leo wanted nothing more than to eat some Arby's and go see Rita. But there was one last thing we had to tell him. Get the fuck out of the car. What? Did I stutter, boy? Uncle Leo, what the hell? It was an accident. An honest mistake, I'm telling you now. Ain't that worth something? Hey, I even got the address of the guy that bought it. You still sold it in the first place. Now get it. It's my car! I don't give a rat's ass. Leo, let's just Just take a- Stay the fuck out of this, Corbin. Fine! See if I care, asshole! Not like we just got you out of fucking jail. We need to go back and get him. I mean, we can't just leave him. You got the address? Yes. Then we don't need him for nothing. Leo's knuckles were white as he gripped the steering wheel. We were driving 20 above the limit, but for a man who had just been accused of murder only to find his wife guilty, I'd say he was reacting normally. It was a two-hour drive and Leo ranted the entire way. I didn't say a word. I was used to that with Leo, just listening. I'm still by no means a reporter or a journalist, but I was starting to feel like a therapist. When we finally pulled up to the house, it was a half past seven. Leo was burnt out, so we stayed in the truck and made me go up to the door. Hello? Hi, I'm Corbin Eaton, and I work with the folks over at Purdy Good Antiques. I want my money back. Oh, uh, well, that's perfect, actually. Uh, we were hoping to buy the Davis Eye off of you. It wasn't really supposed to be sold in the first place. Just a big misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. It was. One second, let me go get it. I turned back to the car to ask Leo for his checkbook, but he was passed out, asleep in the passenger side. It was a hefty bill, too. Here's the on the receipt. Thank you. I know this probably isn't what you wanted out of your night, but I know we appreciate your cooperation. It's not real. You know that, right? I beg your pardon? The eye. It ain't real. Oh, yeah. It's a glass eye. It's not. I got it authenticated. It's bullshit. The whole lot laughed at me. That can't be. He was buried with his eye. Listen, I don't know what kind of stunt you all are pulling over there, but I want my money back or I'm calling the cops. Uh, yeah, I I don't... Here, uh, let me get the checkbook from the truck. <laughs> oh, no, you aren't going anywhere. I know this trick. I'm not... Pay up. I've got... $72 on me. That's it. What about that thing hooked up to your belt? My microphone? Looks expensive. It is. It's not for sale. The eye wasn't for sale. And look where we are now. Can I... Here. Let me take the memory card out. Out of answers, out of energy, and out of equipment, I recorded the rest of this from my phone's voice memos. That was a quick nap. Just needed to close my eyes for a bit. Well, you owe me a new microphone. And I didn't want to bring it up, but you still haven't paid me for those two ads. What did he do to your Mac? Gave it to him. I didn't have any money. You know the eye is fake? You already knew, didn't you? 
Leo, why are we stopping? Can you just answer me? He reached over me to open up the glove box. Inside was a 10mm Smith & Wesson revolver. He shoved it to the side and pulled out a small leather booklet. A checkbook. There. Not want to let PB know to go pack your bags for you and get on your next flight to Chicago. I wish the last thing Leo said to me was something more profound. Something I could expand upon. But it wasn't. It was just... I'm gonna put the radio on now. Okay? We arrived back at the Russet Mansion late that night, and before breakfast, I was already on my way to Chicago. It's been a year since I traveled to that small town in southern Missouri. For a while, I had sat on the recordings, not really knowing what to do with them, until I received a phone call from Peter. He updated me on what I had missed. No more than a week after my departure, Leo had left town with Rita. Supposedly, as purdy rumors suggest, He's planning to open up a casino in Nevada. Norma B., on the other hand, has finally signed the divorce papers. And she's still serving time in a correctional facility in Tipton, Missouri. Peter said there was no doubt she's already made plenty of new friends. And as for Peter himself, well, when Leo fled to Vegas, he left the warehouse to his only remaining kin. Peter has been happily running PGA ever since. But, of course, he couldn't do it alone. He reinstated Dutch as co-founder and... By the sound of both of their voices, they seem to be, for lack of a better word, pretty happy. Peter's phone call reminded me of so many things I'd almost forgotten about. Even as I've been piecing together these episodes, I find myself just as surprised as you may be. And still, even though I experienced it all, I'm left with more questions than answers. In our first in-person conversation, Leo referred to me as a mouse. I didn't quite know what he meant by it, aside from a vague reference to Tom and Jerry. But... After having some time to step away from it all and look back on it from a distance, I'm reminded of something Peter had once said to me. He told me while showing off his knife collection, you know, there there ain't ain't much much really to to do in party. But after after a while, while, you get get bored. bored. Start looking for anything to keep you busy. Maybe that's all I was to Leo. Something to keep him busy. An endless source of entertainment. He wrapped me up into this story until the fun was over, and he no longer had a use for me. Like a lion, playing with a frightened mouse. A few weeks before I started stringing together this story, I received an email. It was a response to the original ad I put up so many months ago. The same one that Leo replied to. From what I could tell, the email address was fake, or at least created just for this message. Aside from a subject line that read, There's more than meets the eye. There were no other words. Just a photo of a drawer in Leo's office. Inside was a small cigar box. It was opened and filled with eleven identical glass eyes. I thought for a moment about what this meant, all of it truly being a lie, a joke. I thought about what the rest of the story must look like, what else there was to cover. I thought about replying, digging deeper, but instead, I closed the email and walked away. With all of these new loose threads, I hadn't learned much, but I did know one thing. I'd had enough of Purdy, Missouri. (laughs) 